and waters of the Great Lakes State to the Michigan Talk Network. It's Wild Michigan with your host, Duran Martinez. Welcome to Wild Michigan. Duran Martinez hanging out with you on the Michigan Talk Network. April, it is. Welcome to it. And thanks to our friends at Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason. Uh, they have a new website, all redone, that you can order from securely. Get your firearms to your local FFL dealer or go pick them up in person. And uh, lots of lots of in-stock ammunition at fantastic prices. I can't give you the prices. I can't tell you exactly what's in stock, but I'm pretty sure if you're looking for it, it's there because they have a huge selection of uh, of ammunition and firearms and everyday carry and accessories and, uh, you know, everything you're looking for at notjustguns.com and in-store, Cedar Street 127 in Mason. And, of course, Conquest Sense uh, here out of Davison, Michigan. Uh, had the dear professor Doug Roberts on in the first segments of the show. Also spoke with Dan Kimmel uh, in the first hour of the show as well from GreatLakesBass.com. We're going to shift gears and talk a little bit of waterfowl. I know it's weird. Okay, I know it's weird. Here we are. It's it's only April. We're talking about waterfowl, but you know, when I looked out, I was out in my backyard the other day, and I had my uh, my resident. Uh, Drake Wood Duck come back. Uh, he and the missus back for another uh, nesting season. I'm very excited about that because I love, love, love waterfowl hunting. And what better place to learn and see all about waterfowl hunting than the Bay City Waterfowl Festival coming up? Uh, Alan Benedetti, Michigan DNR. So, I mean, let's let's go into this Waterfowl Festival, man. This is a, a big deal. And our good friend Ed Shaw up at Mitchell State Park said, hey, you know, you got to look into this. And it was funny because I had just seen uh, something on Facebook for this event coming up. And, uh, and if you will, tell me a little bit about your role at Bay City State Park and, and what you're doing with the Waterfowl Festival. Well, I'm actually with Wildlife Division. And uh, what we're doing with the, uh, with the uh, festival this year uh, it's going to be August 5th and 6th. Uh, we, uh, right now we're just getting vendors put together and our, uh, our, uh, events put together and, um, we're going to have our calling contests and duck calling and goose calling contests. And we're going to have a bunch of stuff for the kids this year. We'll have the uh, ultimate air dogs this year. But it's 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 going to be a pretty big event, and and look, man, I, I've done lots and lots of events, and something of this size takes a lot of time, and you guys have got to be frantically working putting this together right now. Oh, we are. It's just trying to get our vendors put together, our sponsorships put together. Uh, like this year, we're going to have the Ultimate Air Dogs, so getting that put together is going to be a, a challenge, but... Uh, we're getting there. Uh, we're getting a, we're getting quite a few uh, vendors that are coming back from previous years. This is our 28th year, so we're really excited about that. And uh, it's it's a long process. Uh, I've been starting since around December, just getting that stuff put together, just get, trying to get vendors and uh, our sponsorships together. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a long process, and we're only five months out of the way uh, uh, before it's uh, before it's here. So. Um, 
So we got we got we got to hustle and get things going. Now, as for vendors, now we know you you need food vendors and whatnot. But what other type of vendors are you looking for? Are you looking for local call makers? Are you looking for national stuff? Uh, what type of vendors typically have been there uh, in the, in the past twenty eight year or twenty seven years? Uh, we've got all sorts of call makers here from from Michigan to other states. Uh, we have uh, decoy carvers. Uh, we've had we've got we. Just people from all over the all over the countries come out to to our festival, and we have a lot of locals that that uh, do participate. And um, yeah, we're just excited about having them coming back. We've had wildlife artists here. We do have a waterfall duck stamp that we do every year for Michigan, and we have them come out uh, each year to uh, uh, participate in that for the following uh, year's uh, duck stamp. So we do it this year for next year's uh, waterfall uh, winners. That's pretty interesting. I've never been to an event where you have uh, have a stamp. You know what I mean? I mean, I understand the concept of of the duck stamp and and the history behind it and the uses for it, but to have an event, actual event stamp, that's pretty cool. Um and artists compete for that honor for the following year, correct? Yes, they do. So we would have the uh the competition this year and we'd vote on it this year at the festival and that would be next year's uh stamp. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. You know, it makes me think back to Fargo. <laughs> if you've ever seen Fargo and the duck stamp competition, for some reason that just entered my head. <laughs> well, our Michigan Duck Hunters Association uh, actually runs the, uh, the the duck stamp program, and uh, for the uh, for our wetlands, they uh, they take care of that for us. Um, but they've been really involved with that for several years with the duck stamp uh, competition and all that. That's pretty neat. Now, this is going to be happening August 5th and 6th. Uh, Ultimate Air Dogs will be there, which we've talked to those guys to Milt in the past. I know Brian's doing it now. Um, and and the calling contests. Now, if you if anybody's ever witnessed a, a youth uh, duck calling or goose calling contest, I'm, I'm telling you what, speaking with Alan Benedetti here, some of those kids, as far as I'm concerned, just really kind of, I mean, they could be competing against some of the adults. You're right. They are really good. Some of the kids have practiced over the over the years. Of course, their their, their parents have encouraged them to uh, to practice as much as they can so they can uh, so they can. Uh, win their competition so yeah like you say they can uh, compete with some of the adults no doubt about that yeah my friend uh, good friend kyle jones was a junior world champion actually had his own line with zinc his own signature call uh at one time and and you know and and of course i can't leave out uh my buddy hunter uh angle as well he's another one that's that's top notch and of course he's running uh you know one of the uh, best chance charter boats but these guys all got started in that youth competition. So if you have a youth that is, uh, you know, looking to be a duck or goose caller, this is a great opportunity because this is a pretty big stage in that Bay City area. It is. It's really. It's a good. It's a big. Um, uh, a big competition for us uh, with the, with the kids and with the adults too. We actually have duck and goose calling for for both uh, the youth and the adults. So it's. Uh, and we also have the uh, we have clinics there. We have uh, uh, free call sponsors. Have uh, GK has helped us out with uh, with that. Um, Learn about calling and decoys and field. Um, uh, 
quite all right, man. It's radio. It's, it's a... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just a lot going on. Just so much going it's on, it's overwhelming. No, I get it. It really is. Now, let me ask a quick question about calling, because I've only seen like one or two co- uh, calling competitions in my life. Is, is there like a divider between the judges and the caller themselves so the judges can't see the actions of the caller? Right, there are. It's it's because we don't want people to know who the caller is in case they do know the caller uh, themselves. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's just not fair if we if they're actually seeing who's up there. And so yeah, we do we separate them. That you know what, and and that's clever. Here I thought it was just like style points by the way they accentuated their body during the call. They didn't want to see that and say, well, that guy really moves well. You know what I mean. Uh, lady and gentlemen, if you don't mind hanging on, we're going to get right back to you here in a couple of minutes and take a short break. And then uh, if you'd like, you can uh, visit us, our uh, our sponsors as well, on our website, wildmichiganradio.com. You can pick up our friends at Not Just Guns, also at Conquest Sense, and uh, anybody else. Maybe you can ask the dear professor a question. New segment we have coming up here in the future as well. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here on Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. <laughs> And you're listening to my main man, Duran Martinez, on Wild Mission. Rifle in a gun rack, hanging in the back, blast a knife on my belt, ain't no lamp for sale around here. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. Duran Martinez hanging out with you on the Michigan Talk Network website, wildmichiganradio.com. You can pick up our uh, sponsors there. Not just guns, Conquest Sense, happy to have them here. Darton Archery, our friends over in Hale, Michigan, want to say hi to them as well. Love those guys. Great Michigan-made products all the way around. And uh, we're talking about the Bay City State Park, also the Saginaw Bay Waterfowl Festival happening August 5th and 6th. Now, the interpreter from the Bay City State, uh, State Park, Jonathan Masung, joins us here. Jonathan, welcome. How are you? Hey, not too bad yourself? I'm doing well, man. Now, now you've got a hand in this whole uh, waterfowl festival as well. What do you have? What do, you know? What is your uh, role in this whole thing? Because this is a huge deal, and I know uh, poor Alan's not doing it all on his own. <laughs> oh, this 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 takes a big team to get everything organized. Um, I I inherited this from my predecessor Valerie Blaska with the team, and so I kind of helped organize some of the people that are here from wildlife division, law division. And lots of different vendors that are all coming together. So even some of our vendors are helping with even that calling competition, trying to get all the pieces working together. So it it is quite a large team getting everything organized. It, it is. And just the calling contest alone, people do not realize um, what knowledge in the techniques that are being brought forth. I mean, look, I can sit in out there in the crowd and be completely blown away by, you know, someone <laughs> doing a double or, or doing a triple. I've seen Kyle do a triple. And, and you know, for goose callers, you know what I'm talking about. It's oh, like, definitely. It's like, yeah. How the hell do you uh, do that? <laughs> I, I, in the way, yeah, just getting their bodies in the right shape, doing little dances on stage, and it all is part of the routine for that. So it's just amazing to see. Um, 
Yeah, it, trying to get everything organized from the different competitions. I myself am learning some of the different ones from uh, the Stuttgart competition that you have to, I mean, that's a qualifier for going to the world's down in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Um, when we have the state and regional competitions that we host now, this is our second year on the regionals, which is exciting. That brings people, like we had two people from Canada who came to the competition, which is awesome. Uh, Kyle is even in some of these competitions as well. But there's also the goose state competition, the meat calling competition, the youth calling competition. These are all uniquely different, but all so important for this whole event. And it, it comes down to these callers also giving back. Some of them are judges for even the youth calling competition, which is awesome. You're helping build new generations toward it. Alan Benedetti joining us here from the uh, Bay City State Park. He's the interpreter there. Uh, you don't know. No. Let's let, Jonathan. What's that? It's Jonathan. Oh, I'm sorry, Jonathan. That's what I. That's what I'm. See, I've got my own notes goofed up here. My apologies, Jonathan. Um, Sung joining us here, the interpreter from the Bay City State Park. Now, Jonathan, as as a you know a, a waterfowler yourself, this is all something that was new to me. You know, you can be a great stage caller, but that does not always translate well into the field. That's right. Yep. Uh, as I say, in some of those competitions, you're calling for judges, not for ducks. So and it's, and that's where that one competition, the meat duck competition, kind of twists it around a little bit the other way, too. And that's still, like you said, it's, it's some of it's a little bit different than what you might use in the field. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, look, I've hunted with guys that, that you know, in the field, absolutely incredible. They will get geese from, I don't, I don't even know where they're coming from. And, and then it looks like it's a bombing run. You know, that they're calling in. I mean, look, because it has to do with the spread. It has to do with the calls, uh, the types of calls, you know, uh, and, and ducks. That's a whole nother world that I haven't even really got into much. I'm more of a, a sit and wait kind of guy. But, um, you know, this is where you go to learn, though. I mean, and waterfowling can be very confusing and expensive at the same time. And when you confuse what you're doing with what you you know need to spend, you may overspend terribly as well. Right. Um, and that's the cool part is that we also include things like uh, waterfowl clinics, like the youth calling clinic uh, that we held out here with GK is helping sponsor that, where some of these people can come in, even the adults will learn in that class, where they can get started, basic techniques. And then they, they got vendor row right there where they can go and talk to some of these people, many of them who are hunters themselves. How do you get started? Where do you go? What are the things? And even some of the guide services will have some of those people that show up and they help take them out maybe for their first time hunting, which is really, really important to have all those elements right there. And, and if you've ever done, if you've ever done like, you know, like Saginaw Bay waterfowling and, and field waterfowling, brother, that's a whole night and day difference too between diver uh-huh. ducks and, and, and puddle ducks. It's, it's a big, big, big difference. Yep, just finding where you fit in, what's your what's your uh, skill set, or maybe your interest level, or whatnot. It's finding that great fit and making it enjoyable. It's a big part. Absolutely, uh, Jonathan. Anything else about the Waterfall Festival that we may have missed? 
Uh, I think we covered quite a bit of it. Like I said, from air dogs to uh, the competitions, qualifiers, our calling clinics. We'll even have some activities down there for the families. You know, my interpretive staff will have different events from IDing waterfowl that are around our lagoon, different crafts and games, uh, food vendors, just all sorts of family fun. So even if you're not a waterfowl hunter, there's still lots of ways to uh, enjoy waterfowl themselves through photo and art competitions and all sorts of different events. So it's really a family-friendly activity that you can come out and find find something to really enjoy out here. Jonathan Masung joining us here uh, on Wild Michigan. Saginaw Bay Waterfowl Festival, August 5th and 6th. Um, now, do you guys have an Outdoor Skills Academy where you're at? We have a few different ones that we offer. That's right. Uh, like coming up here, we offer Mushroom Clinic in April. We do a partnership with Mark Martin and Brandon Stanton from Team Gunsmoking. Uh, we do a walleye clinic out on the river system. So that's coming up in May. And then we're new this year, we're adding in a bass clinic. So kind of like the Cadillac Center, when you talk to Ed Shaw, he's got some of those. Uh, he's been teaching me how to operate some of those clinics down here. We're adding a few, it seems, each year to our roster. You know, it's a fantastic. If you've never had the opportunity to uh, look into the Outdoor Skills Academy, whether at, at, at Lake Mitchell or in, in Bay City uh, and around the state, they're starting to really pop up. Uh, they're fantastic. I was able to be part of the very first one. Uh, Bob Garner was there as where we met Ed Shaw and we did the bear clinic, which I had hunted bear several times prior to this clinic, but there was still so much more to learn. So much that you can do on your own. And I think that's really important when it comes to these clinics is uh, you are taking that knowledge and applying it to yourself. You know, if you, if you can't afford a guide or you want to learn uh, something on your own, the, these clinics, uh, wherever they are at, have the right people teaching you uh, to get outdoors and, and make it more successful and enjoyable. So, all right, Jonathan Masung, appreciate you joining us. Alan Benedetti, appreciate you as well. Big Waterfall Festival coming up, Saginaw Bay Waterfall Festival, August 5th and 6th. Ultimate Air Dogs will be there, and we'll have more coverage of that here on Wild Michigan. Going to talk Lucky Buck with Dave Wheeler next on the Michigan Talk Network. To everyone that has served this great country, keeping us free to enjoy the great outdoors. Thank you. From Duran Martinez and Team Wild Michigan. I'm just trying to be a father, raise a daughter and a son, be a lover to their mother, everything to everyone. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here, man. It's been a, been a fun day so far. Fun, uh, fun beginning to the month of April and uh, being brought to you by our friends at Not Just Guns and their new website, notjustguns.com, Conquest Sense uh, in uh, Davison, Michigan. Check them out, Sense and Stick. They've got the new Therma pads, which work with your Thermacell unit, which you're going to use your Thermacell unit for turkey season here very soon anyway. But, um, you know, definitely, a, definitely a, a game-changing product uh, when it comes to scent attraction for white-tailed deer uh, while out hunting. 
and some, some something we've always believed in, but uh, with changes, uh, we've not been able to to legally use, except for in the UP. But we still believe in this product, and it's a Michigan product, and they're great Michigan people uh, as well. We're talking about Lucky Buck Deer Mineral. And uh, Dave Wheeler from Lucky Buck joins us right now on the line. He is he is down south in uh, Virginia, but we have him here on the line. Uh, and you'll be back in Michigan, which is great, and back to reality where it's cold, not nice flowering trees and green grass. Dave, long time, buddy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing well. Very happy to have you here. And, you know... Springtime, my mind always goes to a few things. It always goes to like turkey hunting, uh, walleye in the Detroit River, steelhead fishing, and, and lucky buck because, I mean, the, the years that we did use it, we had such great results. And there's places that listen to the show that are still you know able to use it you can use it in our up but it's it's a great mineral for the the health and not only for antler growth but overall health of of deer sir how are you and and how does this all work so i'm actually in virginia now oh, and right. this 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 week everybody started mowing their lawns out here and that's gotten me kind of excited because that is that's the sign to put out your lucky buck because when that grass starts growing the diet on those deer goes from the dry browse and dead grass to the new growth grass and the moisture level in their diet is so wet that it flushes the electrolytes out of their system and they crave it and that's right when the antlers are growing and you're out you know getting done shed hunting and it, all of it works together to to get you started in the spring and at, right at green up so. You know, and the critical time it is because look, they've already suffered so much uh, body mass loss, weight loss from the winter because you know they pack it on in the fall. Uh, we go through winter, which it seems to be longer and longer every year. Maybe because I'm getting older, but I doubt it. Um, <laughs> you know, we have these later snows, and and that's when the most critical time for for health and, and food sources for deer is 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 that that late last bit of winter early spring because we see some nasty nasty weather about that time making it very difficult for them to browse and eat yep this new grass is so high in protein that's just excellent for those deer to get high in energy and high in protein low in fiber and they just really crave it and just eat that's all they're eating of course if you were eating dry browse and dead grass and you had an option of the fresh stuff you know that's all you would eat too and a, a good analogy would be as far as the moisture level in the grass would be very similar to watermelon if you were eating nothing but watermelon for three weeks straight your electrolytes would get out of whack and and you would be salting your watermelon really heavy to try and adjust that and that's what that deer is going through he's getting lots of protein and lots of good nutrients to put that body weight back on but at the same time he's flushing the electrolytes out that's why you see him along the roadside desperately trying to get road salt and you know just really really looking for it i figure about a a six-fold increase in intake on the lucky buck just from just prior to green up till just after green up and it just happens to parallel when the antlers are growing and the does are milking and and everything's starting to come together then. 
you know, and you made a very important point there, Dave Wheeler from Lucky Buck joining us here, that it, that it's not just about antler growth. It's you know these does intaking uh, these minerals that they're going to be milking and passing on to their fawns for for healthy intake there. Yep. The- the, the the does are actually you know under stress during the birth and the milking process, and if you can get them a little extra immune immune tolerance and and a little extra mineral, they're going to milk heavier, and they're going to actually looking forward into the breeding season, they're going to be more ready to breed back on a on a first uh, first cycle rather than a second or a third, and those. Fawns will be born a little earlier, and that whole combination makes for a big advantage on that early-born fawn the following year, plus the milk supply. Dave Wheeler's our guest uh, from Lucky Buck, of course, Marvo Mineral Company. And and Dave, Marvo's been around for a long time. You've just had it for, uh, well, <laughs> it's been a while since I've known you. You've had it for a long time now, but it it, you, it didn't start with you. Right. I bought the business in 97, so it's been a been a minute on that, but it started in 1918. I actually bought it from the guy that bought it from the originator. So it started in Mason, Michigan as a, you know, all primarily livestock mineral. And even when I bought it in 97, it was livestock mineral. And they had, they had diversified into some pet food distribution and that, uh, took more of their interest and they continued that and I took the livestock mineral side of it. And at the time deer cocaine was really popular in the late nineties and, and I thought I could do better than that and so I made something that I I thought would be healthy for the deer and also as an attractant. And what I didn't realize is that a healthier deer grew a bigger antler and that's what everybody wanted, and it kind of just gelled from there after we started getting some some success on the antler growth side of it. So. You know, and, and again, coming from farming, which, which we had the conversation with Doug Roberts in the first hour of the show uh, about about deer farming and the importance of it to the, the wild herd. Uh, again, you know, you get this, this, as Bob Ross would say, happy accident coming from uh, <laughs> developing, you know, for the, the farming industry for healthier herds uh, in, in livestock to what translates to healthier herds in the wild. Right. And I, I point to selenium as as the the secret that I'm willing to share, I guess, and it is so critical in the immune system. And a, an animal can't get any unless you supplement it. In in most, there's a few states, uh, Kansas and Texas and Dakotas have some natural selenium. But as a nutritionist, you have to figure essentially zero natural selenium in any diet other than those areas. And our deer are no different. They're eating the same forages as our cattle are for the most part. And they're not, uh, if it's not in the soil, it can't be taken up in the plant. And, and so they're not getting any. And just a little bit of supplementation at the right time can make a huge difference on the immune system. And that's affecting the general health of the animal, which affects his antler size as well. 
So, so good things coming out of uh, out of minerals and and uh, you know supplements, if you will. And uh, we're going to talk more uh, with Dave Wheeler here in a couple of seconds. So, Dave, if you don't mind hanging out in that really nice weather you're at down in Virginia, uh, we got uh, we got something special for the the Wild Michigan listeners and the fans of Lucky Buck as well that we're going to talk about. And we didn't want to save it till next week. So we're going to share it with you now, but you just got to stick through this break, whether it be on podcast or on our wonderful affiliates here on the Michigan Talk Network. This is Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy April. Wild Michigan. If I can make a nickel off a turning I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here all over the world. WildMichiganRadio.com. Uh, you can uh, pick up the podcast there. Find our affiliates. Find uh, find out who our sponsors are, like Not Just Guns and, of course, Conquest Sense. And you can find a link to Lucky Buck as well. We're, we're very proud of our relationship with, with Dave Wheeler and Lucky Buck. Uh I mean, it used to be as a sponsor. It's been as a friend and a teacher uh, for, I, I can't even tell you how many years now. It's been fantastic. And, you know, we're still learning uh, the benefits of, of this mineral and, and what Dave has put together and his group, everybody down there, down in Hillsdale, have put together for this. Uh now, we know with the CWD being found in live deer in Michigan, I was right there at the office of the MUCC with then uh, head of the MUCC. You know, when when the call came in that we had CWD, uh, CWD in the wild here in Michigan, okay, it was a, a, a kind of a disturbing call, but somehow I think that some people were uh, looking forward to that to stop baiting in Michigan. Um, so I'm, I'm going to leave my my thoughts out of it, but Dave has been explaining the benefits of, of Lucky Buck. But I want to know, as a business, Dave, I mean, have you suffered? Because legally you can sell it. Look, they sell bagged carrots and, and uh, you know, turnips and things of sugar beets, things of that nature, come deer season. As an attractant, legally you can't use it in the Lower Peninsula, but you can't stop from selling it because it's not an illegal substance. Has your business suffered from that, uh, not only in Michigan but overall? So the the short answer is no. <clears throat> I feel really bad that people have to, you know, worry about it that they that it's a that it's concern. But no, as far as business-wise, our sales are up. We've been averaging almost 20% a year increase here 20 years into our business. And and even specifically, Michigan has been up in the last four or five years. And I don't really know what to attribute that to. And I don't want to, you know, cause people uh, hardship as far as, 
you know, their their uh, decisions on using it or not. But we've been dealing with, I think it's up to 28 or 30 states that have some kind of regulation on feeding and baiting. And, you know, there's five or six of them that have complete bans. We've been dealing with New York State and Illinois <laughs> and Colorado and Montana, I believe, you know, for, for over 20 years and partial bans in Wisconsin and and the impact has has uh varied according to uh the the amount of enforcement that's that's uh applied to it but for the most part uh my sales have remained really strong overall nationally and and even within the states um like Illinois we haven't uh pursued a lot of marketing there and because they they banned it in 2002 right while we were getting started and so i don't have near the 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 market but once once i have a market established and then a ban or a restriction goes in effect uh you know there's a lot of states that allow feeding but not baiting in other words you can feed it in the spring and and i'm happy with that because we can at least get it into them one we can make a difference on the antler growth and even if they can't hunt over it it's more of an ethical issue is is if you hunt over it or not um but if you can feed it you can at least get the the health and the in the uh, antler improvement into them anyway even if you can't bring them in during season with it so and and two speaking with dave wheeler from lucky buck uh because it is a a a granular mineral it gets into the soil and then the deer you know take in that that soil in that area and they're still getting the nutrients i mean they're going to do that anyway with with be it grass or nuts or, or whatever their forage is but believe me you you can tell even if you have not maintained a site you can see where a site was because that mineral gets soaked into the ground Right, right. There's residual. They're going after the sodium primarily. Um, I'd like to say by accident they get the stuff that they're supposed to get. The the, the salt is just a sodium is just a, a method of transporting or getting them to consume it at a consistent rate. Now, Dave Wheeler's our guest here. I'm sorry, go ahead. Remain in the soil. Yeah, absolutely. Remain in the soil. Yep. Yeah, and I've I've literally tripped in holes (laughs) where it's been. (laughs) Where a friend of mine had maintained a site for a long time, we were walking out to go duck hunting, and and I literally almost fell because there was like a two inch. Uh, depression in the ground from this area that he had maintained uh you know yeah. and it's just amazing it's fantastic but now you've got you've got something else going on that, that does not require the use of your product uh which i'm very excited about this contest because it's it's fun man this is just we love shed hunting but there there's a reason that we are competing to find those sheds Yes, the, there's there's all kinds of other animals that are are trying to get to them first, and that's why you don't generally have much left after a, you know f- the following season. You wonder where those previous ones went, and they got consumed or drug off or chewed up or who knows what. But we would like to try and find out what's up. So, I've I've decided I did this once about ten years ago and had a blast with it. But we offered offered people the challenge to 
right now, this time of year, you're not doing much with your trail cameras and you're not doing much in the deer. You know, you probably already took inventory and you've already done some shed hunting, but I want you to make use of a trail camera and have some fun. And I'm willing to incentivize it with some prizes and some gifts. So my challenge is for you to take just an old shed rack, or an old rack you have in the garage or uh, an old small shed or something, and just tie a wire around it and take it out and put it in the field or the woods where you think there's some activity and just stake it down or, or wire it to a sapling so it can't get drug off and put your trail camera in front of it and see what comes and tries to get it. And then send those pictures to us. And if you send us a picture of the setup of just going out there and setting the antler on the ground and the trail camera, just snap a picture of that setup and send it to us and we'll send you a lucky buck hat and t-shirt just for the effort of doing it, even if you don't get any results on it. And then if you do get results, then we'll up the up the ante a little on those best pictures. We'll send a hoodie and a year's supply of mineral or something like that uh, to those that are participating that get some results as well. And I think I think we can have a lot of fun with it. I think so too. And and is there uh, an email address that we should send those photos to? Yeah, just if you go to our website, Lucky Buck Mineral, just just send it to the website there. Or you can send it directly to me at Dave at luckybuckmineral.com all right we will definitely do that yeah i'm um that <laughs> that's awesome now now does it matter how old the rack is i mean i'm gonna ask no. because there might be something that i've got later on from the 50s no it, I, anything will do anything those rodents will find it and they'll start chewing on it we got pictures the last time we did it from all kinds of different Anywhere from, if you put the camera up close, you can even catch a mouse coming up and chewing on it. But anything from squirrels to some really unusual things. And I'm curious, I, I had one person that I told about this, that their their theory is that the coyotes and the bigger animals will actually drag them off. And I'm curious to maybe get some footage of something trying to drag it away, to drag it back to their den or something. And so I'm really other parts of the country, you see, you know, a lot of porcupines mm-hmm. or a lot of uh, uh, armadillos or anything. You just kind of kind of surprises me when I see them from other parts of the country. Well, I tell you, Dave, I could I could take that uh, coyote theme into consideration because a lot of people are going to antlers for dog chews and, and dogs, coyotes. Yep. It all kind of makes sense in the same family. But by all means, if you've got a shed laying around, wire it to a tree, make sure you get your trail cam on that. Get the picture, save it, uh, send it to David Lucky Buck there, and, and we will uh, have a link on our website with that so we can go right to you to get your uh, the photos of this contest. Dave, so great talking with you, and thanks for all you do with Lucky Buck, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, hang on the line, Dave. I'm going to speak with you off air. Uh, everybody, if you've listened today or you missed any part of it, by all means, hit us up on the website, wildmichiganradio.com. You can pick up the podcast. Thanks to our affiliates all over the Great Lakes State. Thanks to Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason. New website, notjustguns.com. And thanks to our friends at Conquest Sense, Doug and Karen Roberts, the deer professor and the president of United Deer Farmers of Michigan. I'm Duran. Martinez. 
We'll see you all next week. Happy April, everybody. Welcome to spring on the Michigan Talk Network.